Life Practice Community. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Chaturanga, the podcast. Uh, I'm here with Alex. Hi, everyone. And Pooja, our lovely Pilates instructor at the Mindful Life Practice Community. Hey, Pooja, how are you? Hi, everyone. <laughs> where are you right now? Where? Yeah, where are you based? I never... I'm in Abu Dhabi. Uh, oh, Abu Dhabi. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, how long have you been living there for? I've been here seven years. Yeah, I just completed seven years in May. Wow. Wow. So you're you're a full fledged local now. Oh yes. <laughs> how long does it take, in you guys' opinion, to be considered? And well, because yeah, like obviously you're not Emirati, but you like a person of the city. You know, like in well, what are you guys? What do you guys call yourself, Abu Dhabians? Um, no, 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 not you as not you guys personally, but yeah, like residents of the city, people who are of the city. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How long does it take? Like we say in Montreal, it takes five years to be a Montrealer. Mm. You know what I mean? Or like it takes ten years to be a New Yorker. I think it would be less for Abu Dhabi because Abu Dhabi is so, like, this part of the world is so transient with expats. I would say, like, three. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just making that up. Um, I think for me, um, it really doesn't, I, I can't say it in terms of years or months because I've been moving so much. So I'm born and raised in East Africa, and then I went to India for a few years, and then I was in Mauritius, and then here. And uh, the UAE was pretty familiar because from Burundi, where I'm born and raised, uh, we used to travel to Dubai on our, uh, just for vacations because my dad had some work here. So when I moved here seven years back, it was very easy for me, just like Alex said, it's, it's uh, especially being Indian, there's a, there's a huge Indian community and I felt very much at home very, very soon. Like I, it, in a few months, I would say. And it's just a matter of making yourself comfortable. I think uh, the moment you decide that, you know what, I'm going to make this my home and feel at home here, that's it. This is how I look at it. That's cool. Yeah, that's a really great way of looking at it because I know that like, uh, it's easy to, especially if you just uproot your life and move to a completely different country or even a continent or something, it's, it's difficult to assimilate sometimes like fully or to fully understand the way the city works or the way the country works or, you know, but it's true. I see, I always notice it. I mean, we have a large Indian community in Kuwait as well, where I'm from originally, but in the Emirates, especially in like Dubai and Abu Dhabi, I noticed that it's, uh, it feels probably more homely over there, you know, because there is a, there is an integration of the Indian culture that's just really super welcome. That's the Emirates. Yes, yes. Yeah. You guys even have a temple there, right? Yes, we do. Uh, it's new, but we do. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Yes. Oh, that's lovely. I love the UAE. Welcoming. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um place for people of like all backgrounds i totally agree it's a blessing to be here you know mm. the only thing i will say is that the two baby stores i visited online were very very difficult <laughs> like so e-commerce maybe needs a little bit of a a, a brush up there. What was and the one called that you ended up ordering from? Because Yasmin ended up using me as a one tap or one touch. An OTP. Like yeah, exactly. I was uh, getting a gift for my niece. Her first birthday is in four days. They live in Dubai. And I was trying so hard to just make a purchase <laughs> and it was not working. I needed an uh, Emirati number for it to work and I used Alex. The place was called First Cry. First cry, such a it's just it's weird. so creepy. It's so good. First cry is magically listening to this somewhere down like the degrees of separation. 
whoever <laughs> you you bring in some lovely merchandise but like your story name is weird i'm sorry <laughs> first cry <laughs> but yeah um uh, so puya puja i'm so sorry for saying puya because i know a puya who's uh who's iranian all right and i think they spell their names with the j oh all right that's interesting so I just I keep remembering that and I keep getting it mixed up. I, I, although I'm sure like it's completely, they're completely different names, right? So <laughs> I've heard it all. I've heard many, many different versions. <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how long have you been teaching Pilates for? What's your journey with Pilates? And Pooja also teaches yoga as well. Really? Yes, she, but her yoga class is in, is in the Abu Dhabi time zone, the morning, which is why you probably haven't seen it. So she just picked up for us in the morning on Wednesdays. And then yeah. she just joined us doing the Pilates in the evening, which was a huge hit, by the way. So many people were like, you need to regularly have Pilates on the schedule. So now we have it this week on uh, Monday. Really? Tomorrow? Yes, 7 p.m. So 11 a.m. your time. I'm there. Okay. <laughs> I haven't it. been doing much yoga or anything this week at all, so... Let's start the week off right with you tomorrow. I really enjoyed your Pilates class. When oh, yes, I remember seeing you there. Thank you for joining. And I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. So yes, to answer your question, Pilates is um, a fairly new journey uh, compared to yoga. I started a year back with Pilates. And the reason I um, kind of branched out into Pilates from yoga is because uh, they share the same principles. So Joseph Pilates used some principles from, um, from yoga, from ballet, um, from um, uh, yoga and, and just movement and dance and put that all together into, into Pilates. So starting with yoga, I've been uh, into yoga for a long time. Being Indian, I, uh, I was exposed to yoga at a very young age. My parents made sure that um, we knew what yoga was, not really all the asanas or the pranayama, but the, the way of life. Because like I said, I'm born and raised um, in East Africa. My parents always wanted to make sure that we knew our culture, we knew our traditions, um, and we're Hindus. So Hinduism is a way of life. Uh, Hinduism and yoga are the same thing. So that's where I would say my journey started. But of course, at that time, we don't see it as yoga or, you know, what we do on the mat. But it was about waking up in the morning and saluting the sun in any way we could. Um, then walking on, um, on grass, barefoot, and small little things like that, uh, enjoying the rain. And it's, it's, it's a blessing for me to have lived in Africa that way because it connected us with nature uh, at such a pure level. Burundi is such a small country. It's not a developed country. So looking back, I really, really, I feel so blessed to have lived there, to have lived my childhood there because we were so close to nature. We lived very, very close to nature, literally plucking fruits from trees in our garden and eating them, you know, things like that. So I think that's where my yoga journey started. And then practicing yoga now and then. Um, then because I'm so close to culture, I, I wanted to actually live Indian culture. So after I finished my 12th um, in Burundi, I decided to go to India. So I went to India, I did my hotel management there, but that's where I experienced the festivals, the culture, the traditions. Um, so that was really what I wanted to do. And that's when I went for proper yoga classes. I attended um, amazing classes there in Pune, um, where Angar Yoga is uh, famous, if you've heard of that. Um, so that's where it started to grow into passion. I would say. Um, then I started practicing very regularly. And about three years back, I decided that, you know, I wanted to make this something that I can share. Uh, so I did my teacher training uh, three years back. And uh, from then on, as I've just been sharing my passion through my classes and my teachings. 
That's amazing. Uh, did you find that there was a difference between like Iyengar and the what you were brought up with? You know, just like when people would go to a studio and I'm sure there is a difference, but. Um, there is, there is a difference. I don't practice anger yoga. Even when I was in Pune, I went for different styles. I just wanted to practice yoga. So I tried out different styles, Hatha yoga, um, anger yoga. But at the end, my teacher training was in Ashtanga yoga, oh. which, <laughs> so, um... <laughs> yeah, you're a pro. So not really, it's just, you know, it's just a style of yoga. And the reason I would say that that's something that's very close to my heart is because of the whole idea attached to it. Uh, yoga is yoga after all, it's, it's a lifestyle, right? But Ashtanga yoga is my personal practice every day, even though I don't teach it that much. Uh, I would say that Ashta Anga, Ashta means eight and Anga is limbs. So the eight limbs of yoga, it's just a daily reminder that yoga goes far beyond what is on the mat. It's about the yamas, the niyamas, asanas, pranayama, pratyahara, taranadhyana, and samadhi. So it's a daily reminder that all of these need a little bit of inner work every single day so that we keep growing in this path of enlightenment, of spirituality, call it whatever. So that is why that's my practice, the Ashtanga Yoga. I, that's what I come on the mat for as a daily reminder of all these eight branches that we work towards or on. Well, that almost makes me want to go back to Ashtanga. <laughs> ah, well, have you Ashtanga? I used to practice Ashtanga, yes. And that's why I was like, oh, because I always had a hard time keeping up with it. And yeah. uh, I find Ashtanga to be very... Uh, difficult but it was always rewarding for sure i completely agree it's not an easy practice it's very dynamic um yeah it is dynamic but it's something you grow into and there's no you know there i know that it's a lot of vinyasas it requires a lot of energy but um another thing that i always say i i prefer thinking of any practice as simplicity over complexity so make it simple how does it feel for you break it down you know even like a simple trikonasana or a triangle pose just break it down do what feels right for the body today sometimes i don't reach my toe and that's okay and that's i think something that this yoga journey has taught me i think about four years back i would push myself just so that i reach my toe but slowly we grow into it and i think yeah, Ashtanga or any other type of yoga or style of yoga, it's, um, you know, it's about finding beauty in that challenge, I guess. And uh, yeah, just enjoying the process. But I completely agree. It's not a, sometimes I feel like, you know what, today, not Ashtanga. <laughs> I'm just going to do it or restorative. But uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I remember that feeling as well. Alex, <laughs> what were you saying? I was going to ask you, um, where did you do your yoga teacher training? Uh, I went to Mysore, uh, Mysore for Ashtanga yoga, because that's the home of Ashtanga. So yeah. no better place to, uh, you know, learn uh, Ashtanga yoga. And, uh, and it's such a beautiful place. It's very, very natural. I remember coming back after a month because I took unpaid leave from work. I went there and when I came back, I came back as a whole new me. Uh, that one month was just everything combined, the practice, the learnings, but also the place, beautiful place to be in, Mysore. Is that why in some yoga studios they call it Ashtanga Mysore? Um, so Mysore style is when um, the, the participant or the, the practitioners just follow their own pace because they know the counting and they just go uh, and do their sequence and the instructor is there to adjust them, but there's no counting. So if it's an Ashtanga Vinyasa class, the instructor will actually be counting and guiding the whole class together as a group. But my source style is just you go at your own pace and the instructor is there to help out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think I remember that now. Yeah. I never done that though. I was going to ask you, um, I know other Ashtanga teachers that have to return to Mysore every year. Is that something you do as well? 
I haven't been able to. Um, I haven't been able to because of work. And like I said, I had taken unpaid leave that time. Uh, they were offering us unpaid leave. Uh, it just worked out, uh, worked out perfectly at that time. Uh, but uh, since then, no, I haven't been able to. Also, I have been uh, working on my own practice. Um, when I feel that I'm ready to go again and probably do the ne next um, series, I will definitely go. I'm looking forward to that, but uh, not yet, no. Hmm. Well, I think we forgot to ask you a pretty important question. Uh, what brought you to Abu Dhabi? How did you get there? <laughs> What brought me to Abu Dhabi work. Uh, so I'm a hospitality professional yes. uh, otherwise. So after my hotel management degree, I went to Mauritius where I worked with Four Seasons. Uh, oh, I love Four Seasons. Yeah. So I was there for about two years uh, and I'm from the food and beverage division of <laughs> hotels. So I was really passionate about that. I, I still am. Uh, but you know, you reach, sometimes you reach a point where um, you're not that much in love with what you do anymore because there, there are some other things that take priority. And uh, so anyway, coming back to your question, I came here uh, for work. So I'm a food and beverage manager with Etihad Airways, uh, currently working for Etihad Airways, and I'm a service instructor at the Academy of Etihad Airways. Um, but yeah, so that's what brought me here. And like I was saying, you know, slowly I, uh, I came to realize that there were things that were a little more important to me, like family or having a routine because hospitality is, you know, the, the most important days uh, of the year, you're working the hardest, like New Year's or any, any holiday, you're working the hardest during those um, uh, holiday times. So uh, I wouldn't say that I've completely lost my passion for this uh, work that I do, but I know that my calling now is more wellness, yoga, Ayurveda. So I'm soon going to embark on a full-time yoga journey <laughs> and start teaching full-time. Amazing. And how did you guys meet? We met on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And there was a night actually, Pooja, I said to Pooja, um, you know, come to a class and then we can chat. And then there was a night that she came and the teacher didn't show up. Like it was a miscommunication and the teacher wasn't there to teach the class and Pooja came. And I always, I was so tired. I had taught like five classes that day. And I've always looked back on that and been like, I should have just been like, Pooja, do you want to <laughs> I don't know why I taught that class, but um, it was funny because I was just so tired at the point when we met. I was like, yep, you're in. Yeah, we met on Instagram and you know, the first time we spoke uh, over Zoom after that class, or was it the, the meeting after that, you mentioned that um, it was just, you know, you just had that feeling of trust. And I think it's both ways, you know, it's so beautiful that we have never met, uh, but you contacted me on Instagram, I replied and I was interested and I started teaching and I'm so happy to be part of your community. And it's such a blessing. So I'm really, really grateful, really. Like for you to trust me without even, you know, knowing me and just putting you on, uh, putting me on your schedule. Uh, I'm really, really full of gratitude for that. <laughs> well, Alex has a huge heart and I can tell. <laughs> also totally just like a trust and a vibe and an energy thing, you know, that I feel with people. And I want people that are going to like love being part of the community, you know? And so, and I feel that with you, like you're so keen to be part of it and part of the growth. And, and so that's so worth, worth so much. Great. Beautiful. Happy to be part of it. And you're moving to Toronto soon. Yes, I am. Um... <laughs> Sorry, you're moving to Toronto? Yay. Yes, what are you going to so do there? Uh, my family is there. So my parents are still in Burundi, but the rest of the family, uh, most of most of my family is in Toronto. So my brother, um, my brother's one year older. We're like 
twins, I would say. We're very, very close. Yeah. Um, uh, so he's in Toronto. He's been there for many, many years. Uh, my cousins, my uncle, my auntie, uh, they're all there. And like I said, you know, I decided that I want to be close to family. Um, I, because it's been 12 years I've been living by myself, away from home. So I see family, but like once a year, twice a year. And it's, it's that time I've, I know I want to be close to family now. So yeah, I'll be moving very soon. It was supposed to be July, August, oh, but yeah. things have uh, changed a lot. So uh, no complaints though. Um, I was here, I, I got to meet Alex, I got to be part of this team and uh, I get to teach so much because of all the free time I have, but maybe in a couple of months, I'll be on my way to uh, Canada. Well, we were lo be lovely to have you back because I'm assuming you know Toronto quite well, or you know Canada quite well. Are you Canadian? No, I'm not Canadian, but I got my PR. Ah, uh, yes, you're in my boat then. Uh, <laughs> on the same boat, the PR kids. Yeah. <laughs> What's a PR? Permanent residency. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's like the green card, but it's uh, way less dogmatic than the green card is. Like we have more freedom to come and go. Uh, you have to fulfill to keep your PR. You have to be present in the country for like 750 days out of five years, yes. which is pretty reasonable, really. You know, like. Yeah, I'm going, so. yeah, I'm going home for a couple of months. I'm not freaking out about it, you know, so yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, but the States, you have to be like, you have to be there every six months. If you're gone for over six months, it's over with oh, a green wow. card. Yeah. So Canada is way more flexible and you get it faster. So <laughs> yay, Canada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're always slipping in some Canadian propaganda. <laughs> it's like being like, "We're so good at Canada. <laughs> Free healthcare. What?" <laughs> yeah, but that's amazing. So I bet you're really looking forward to that. And also, what's great about like a city like Toronto, especially. We have it in Montreal, but when I lived in Toronto, I actually saw it a bit more. Like, there's more room for wellness over there. You find it in even just little corner stores where they sell crystals and Himalayan salt lamps and sage and Palo Santo and, you know, and, and like, there's so many different types of studios over there. There's just a lot of room to, I feel, have fun with yeah. that kind of lifestyle. It's great to hear that. I don't know much about Toronto yet. Uh, I've been there a few times, but I've not really lived there. Um, so I'm really looking forward to moving and exploring and yeah, just being part of that wellness community there. I'm sure you'll like it. And you should come visit Montreal as well. Oh yes, I will definitely. So we'll meet soon. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> so on. I'm sure you'll be seeing Alex soon too. It would be funny if you never met until you got to Toronto. <laughs> Even though you're both in Abu Dhabi right now. I know. I'm look at organizing like an Abu Dhabi gathering because now it's becoming more and more allowed. Okay. Um, yeah. And like I've had my COVID test and so I could easily find a space to start doing like live gatherings or something you know even in my building I think we have a yoga studio in my building that can be rented um I need to look into that because that would be fun like a yoga yeah, a live yoga class yeah and then and then we could zoom you guys in yeah like, zoom people that aren't in, oh an idea is brewing <laughs> <laughs> spoiler <laughs> so I have a question about Pilates actually where is Pilates from? What's the origin of it? You said Jason Pilates, is that his name? Joseph Pilates. Joseph, Jason Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like, a, sounds like a frat boy of Jason Pilates. <laughs> but where is Pilates from? Pilates. Yeah, so he, um, he is the founder of Pilates and uh, it was initially called Contro Contrology. 
So it was all about control. Um, and then they changed this, uh, the name to Pilaris. Um, and like I said, it takes its roots from concepts, from ballet, from yoga, yeah. and from aerobic, uh, um, aerobics, yes. Uh, and he took whatever he felt was, you know, the, the best um, uh, the concepts in each of these forms of exercise. And he put all of that together and formed the Pilates um, form of exercise. Uh, so that's where it comes from. And um, yes, it's, it's really interesting. And I love the blend of it because as you, uh, you must have heard yoga lattes or yeah. or whatever it's called. Uh, so there's a, there's a good mix that is available and some, a lot of people actually like it because um Pilates is a lot of control and being really, really aware of what your spine is doing. So thoracic movement and cervical movement. And then yoga just adds that little bit of uh, more flexibility into it. But Pilates is a lot of core work and a lot of burn. <laughs> so at the end of a Pilates class, you feel that burn and you, you enjoy it for that reason. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Which do you think is more tiring? Ashtanga or Pilates? Tiring. Um, uh, Ashtanga yoga, although it's so dynamic and you, after that one hour and a half on the mat, you're dripping sweat literally, it's so energizing. It is. I, yeah, I used to initially feel it was tiring, but maybe because I wasn't used to the flow, but because it's such a good blend of pranayama and asana because of the ujjayi breath and of the drishti there are so many components uh, that make it such a wholesome practice uh, the ashtanga practice that i don't find it tiring per se i i come out of an ashtanga class energized Mm. Uh, and that's why I think, you know, uh, I've been very active in many activities, like uh, I've done horseback riding or I've done ballet for seven years as a child, or uh, I've been in volleyball, basketball, but tennis. But at the end of the day, what makes me feel like, okay, I've done something really wholesome uh, is yoga. So any practice, be it Ashtanga or Hatha Yoga or whatever, it makes me feel energized. The rest, okay, I can come out of a one hour tennis game and I'll feel tired, I'll feel tired. But it's something different with yoga and that's why I think I've, I've found it to be my calling or my passion and what makes me feel happy. <laughs> that's true, you don't usually feel tired after yoga. I mean, unless you're Alex and you're teaching like... <laughs> back to back over and over again like but for that's more draining level, like just one class yeah as a student it's very um energizing and maybe that's because of shavasana at the end yeah Why, no, I, I don't know what do you think uh i think uh shavasana definitely and um also the breathing because we're so mindful of what we're doing through the breath. And if we're breathing right, it just energizes you, you know, it, it makes the movement so much easier and uh, it makes everything just flow. Um, so I think that's the secret, the breath, the mindfulness, you're completely present, you know, and then the Shavasana is the cherry on top of the cake, I would say, uh, that really allows you to just, you know, let all those benefits integrate into the body, into the mind, and you just wake up from that fully energized as a new person. But you're right, Shavasana is magical. <laughs> it is magical. I could use a Shavasana right now, to be honest. <laughs> I've even noticed, like, so I teach mindful bar, which is like a bar workout, but I add in a bit of a meditation at the beginning and then a Shavasana at the end. And I even noticed that I just feel more um, replenished after it. And, and it's probably the meditative aspect that I'm bringing into it as opposed to the bar classes that I attended in Toronto were very much like you get in, it's like high intensity the whole time and there's yeah. room for like stillness. Um, I don't know. Have you ever done something like that, like Pilates, but with a, with some elements of yoga in it? 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, the yoga lattice. Um, yeah, I've done that. And it was, uh, it was a hit. People liked it a lot um, because obviously my students were yoga students. So they, they loved yoga naturally. And then when I introduced some Pilates, they were like, oh, I like that bun. I like the bun in my core and, in, <laughs> you know, the glutes. So it was a good mix. Yes. And at the end, always Shavasana <laughs> to, to end it in um you know in, in a relaxing way yeah you know what i actually with pilates i love pilates i'm no pilates expert but it's been like i'll do it every now and then and uh especially last year i got into the habit with this gym that i was uh that like the gym that i was a member of pilates would be my monday afternoon after work wind down because i'm very relaxed in pilates i feel like it's i do put in effort because you have to but i don't feel like it's a lot of effort am i the only person in the world who feels that way uh, there's times when it hurts and there's times and then you do feel it and you're doing it and everything but to me, it is less draining than yoga. It's like the idea of going to Pilates mm -hmm. is less work than yoga, I guess, because we don't flow. Exactly. I was just about to say that you're right. There's less movement because either you're, you know, you're lying down and you're just working your back and then you'll shift, you'll lie down on the side and you'll work your glutes. So there's no flow. And uh, yoga does have the famous <laughs> chaturanga and then, you know, flowing from chaturanga to up dog, down dog, etc. So that can be a little tiring if you're still getting used to it. Uh, I think that would be the difference, the main difference, the flow, mm -hmm. the movement, yeah. Yeah, I love the way you say chaturanga. I, I just want to take your voice clip and <laughs> use that for the rest of every time we talk about our show. <laughs> it would be like, welcome to... Chaturanga. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, so you, you you understand like you understand Sanskrit and you can write Sanskrit and you can no? No, no, no. I well mantras and shlokas are in Sanskrit, so I do uh chant mantras, but um, yeah. it's a no, I haven't learned Sanskrit. I do okay. speak Hindi and Marathi and there's another Gujarati. So each state has a has a dialect. Yeah. So Hindi yeah. is the national language, so I do speak Hindi. And my mother tongue is Marathi, so the state of Maharashtra, where Mumbai is, for example, is, uh, is where we speak Marathi. So at home, we speak Marathi. And Marathi and Hindi, the, it, it's the same way of writing and reading. Uh, so I do read and write, but not very, very fluently. Uh, but Sanskrit, it's, it's, it's very deep. It's... Um, like the yoga sutras, for example, yes, I am learning them. I, I do chant them, but I don't write that as yet, or I don't understand everything yet, but mm -hmm. it's working. That's actually, it's funny you asked me this today because just this morning, I kind of made um, a promise to myself or a commitment to start uh, reading more uh, mantras or sutras and learning them and learning the correct pronunciation and writing them. So it's funny you asked me this. It's, it's my, uh, I don't know, it's my next, uh, I don't know what to call it, goal uh, that I set for myself this morning when I was writing down, okay, what am I looking forward to today? So yeah, hopefully soon I'll be able to say yes to that. <laughs> Pooja, um, if you could give any advice to like someone that was new to yoga, what would you say? Someone who's new to yoga, um, I would say, A, there's no comparison because uh, a lot of times uh, with the social media becoming so popular now, uh, there are a lot of very fancy pictures or fancy poses that we see out there and people try to get there too quickly. Um, 
And although it's fine, even I, I like to, you know, sometimes do my back bends or headstands, but honestly, I don't do that every day. If you have to see my normal practice, it would be very simple and plain, you know, Trikonasan, uh, Balasan, and Charles Pose, and Shavasan. So I would say um, start with the foundations, get your foundations really, really strong. And once you find, find uh, a teacher who's able to teach you the foundations so that you build on a solid ground. And once you have those foundations, then you can explore whatever you want, any fancy poses or headstand, headstands, just leave that for later. But foundations, like I read somewhere some, uh, someday, uh, doing trikonasana or practicing trikonasana in the proper way is the beginning to your yoga practice. And every time I practice trikonasana that, you know, that comes back to my mind. It's like just one simple posture, but do it properly. Are you grounded through your feet? Do you feel your whole body engaged? And BKS Angar has said that if you don't feel or if your entire body is not engaged in any posture, you're not practicing yoga. So this would be the advice that I would give. Make sure you're fully involved in what you're doing. Get your foundations right. And make sure that you have a wholesome practice. So asana, pranayama, even if it's a little bit of each, asana, pranayama, and a little bit of meditation. And it comes with practice. Practice and all is coming. You, you've heard that many times, I'm sure. So practice and be consistent. So like I said earlier, simplicity and consistency over complexity. So this is what I would say. I like it. I love it too. I actually never heard anybody say practice and all is coming before, but I love that. Oh, really? That's such a lovely saying. Just yeah. the way that you said it is, it's wonderful. You know, like you hear practice makes perfect or a perfect practice is an imperfect practice. Like you hear a bunch of those things, but no one has ever said it like that, that I've heard before. And it just has in like the way that you said it gave it just such a nice, hopeful kind of energy towards it, you know? It's like you have something to look forward to. It's really, that's very lovely. Yes, it's a part of a journey. Yeah. What are your favorite? So it's so funny because are you, you're on the WhatsApp group, right? Um, no. The, oh, the, um, WhatsApp group, our community WhatsApp group? No. It's oh, fun. You have to join. Yeah. I will. Alex will uh, invite you. I'll send you the invite. Um, but a couple weeks ago, and Alex, I think that we should start asking everybody this because it's kind of a fun question. When they were putting down the list of uh, the five yoga poses <laughs> that they don't like. Yeah. You know, and I, I say that mine are the lunges. I'm not crazy about the lunges or like warrior one. Warrior two, I'm like, eh, crescent lunges. I, crescent lunges, I can't stand. Moon pose. Uh, Alex doesn't like forward, seated forward folds. Wide-legged forward folds. <laughs> well, even while you're standing? Standing, I like. It's seated. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I think it's like the tilt of my pelvis and my butt. Like, I don't know. It's something that makes it difficult. <laughs> Basically. How about you? Do you have a, do you have a few that, that, well, we can't live without any of them, but, you know, <laughs> if you had it your way, <laughs> that you just kind of omit sometimes. That, uh, um, hmm. Not really, but I would say, uh, again, I, I think I, I get where you're coming from, Alex, but it's not the wide-legged seated forward fold, but Paschimottanasana. Uh, forward fold because um like i said you know i've been i've been to tennis and running i used to run a lot which makes my hamstrings super tight and um and in the ashtanga series when we start with the seated sequence we have paschimottanasana the forward fold three three times five breaths each right mm -hmm. so whenever we used to reach that point I just used to be like okay when is this getting over and then I read somewhere or I heard someone saying the the, the posture that you uh, dislike practicing is actually the one you need the most 
And uh, since then, I just, that, that stayed in my mind. I was like, yes, obviously I need it because I'm so tight in my hamstrings that I don't like practicing it because I just can't, you know? And until today, I think I'm still struggling with that, but I've come to terms with it, I think. I've, you know, I'm accepting the fact that it's part of the journey and practice all is coming, you know? So I, I keep practicing and some days it's amazing. I, I you know, I, I reach very far in the forward fold and some days it's just like, no, this is not the day for that posture. But I think that it, that would be the one. You know what, it's really true. You always hear that, that the, the, pose, the posture that you like the least or that you hate practicing is the one that you really need the most. So you hear that saying, I've never really been mindful about it towards myself, but now that I think about it, I think I don't like the front lunges because of my ankles. And I have a weak ankle. When I was 15, I tore a few ligaments and I used to dance as well and I had to stop and I just became way less active because I had like a weird alignment and like a loss of balance. So nowadays, when I'm getting older and things are just not like where they used to be and gravity is just, it's changing, right? I've been finding that in any of the forward lunges, I'm like falling over or it's, it's frustrating. So maybe, maybe that's the thing that's going to strengthen my little ankles, right? Absolutely. And, uh, and if you're aware of it, it's also where your strength comes from. That's something else I read somewhere that when you notice and you're aware of where your weakness lies, it can be the source of your greatest strength as well if you just decide to work on it. So maybe that's, <laughs> that's something that we can keep in mind and keep working on those. Are you going to start calling out ankles in Pilates? <laughs> like, um... You're like, work on those ankles. <laughs> You're like, oh. Well, Pooja, I have to come to Pilates. I have to hear what all the hype's about. I'm going to come tomorrow. If I'm, actually, I think I might have a call during that time. Let me check. If I'm available, I will come because I would really like to, to experience the hype. Yay. It's so lovely. And I loved your outfit last time too. That was like keeping me through the leg lifts. I was like, Pooja's outfit is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I sound so creepy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so looking forward to tomorrow. So another question we like to ask uh, our practitioners and the instructors is what kind of mat are you more partial to? Do you have uh, a type of mat that's your favorite? Honestly, no. No? no I, uh, it's an interesting question because um, I, I own a very, very simple mat, um, a mat that I've picked up in Mysore, but it's not a branded mat. And uh, I don't, I am looking forward to buying one. So I keep, um, you know, asking around, but I currently very honestly don't have any uh, favorite mats or I would say if, if I have to choose a surface, it would be the grass in my backyard back home because I practiced there and that was the best feeling ever. I wasn't scared of falling. Uh, it was, you know, so natural. And I fell a few times doing my headstand on the grass. So I think that would be the best surface so far. But in terms of mats, honestly, I don't have any favorite yet. Is that like a part of also your ideal setting for a practice? Like, outdoors and oh yes definitely if i could do that outdoors with nature around with trees where we can hear birds chirping oh that's the i would love that maybe someday maybe in toronto yeah (laughs) not toronto winters yeah i was gonna say don't move there in january if you can help it I don't know. It might oh, February. <laughs> oh, it might be. Okay. Might Just bring, be. get a nice, get a really good jacket, get a good coat. Yeah. One of those with the hood. You need the hood. It can yeah. be vegan. I know a few brands, if that's what you're about. Because some of the real fur ones are, yeah. there are some that are more ethically sourced, even if they are real fur, but a lot of them are really cool. 
like Canada Goose, unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, but, but yeah, I, I, there's some good brands out there. That yeah, definitely on my shopping list once I move there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once you move there. All you need here are good, is a good coat and good boots and winter is not that bad, actually. I've been there when it was minus 30. I was Ugh. there. Minus 30, minus 40, I think. Yeah, so you already know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also, it doesn't snow in Toronto, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, winter is why I left Canada. I literally hate it. It's so cold. It's but so everyone's cool. different. Like, you know, I remember being a kid telling my parents, like, I'm going to move somewhere hot. Um, when I was like seven, I was like, I'm over this. <laughs> so it's just not for me. Um, but you guys sound okay with it. <laughs> I used to tell my parents that I was going to move somewhere with seasons. Really? I wanted snow. I wanted snow on anything when I was a kid. Yeah. So funny. I wanted what I wanted your childhood. You wanted mine. Basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, but it doesn't, it's like kind of something that people from Montreal always make fun of Toronto, but we say it doesn't snow in Toronto, which is not true. It does obviously where in Canada, but in Montreal, it snows way more. Way more. Yeah. Like in Montreal, it'll, cars will be covered. It'll be up to your waist. I've had to swim through it before. It's, it gets really, really bad here. Whereas Toronto, it'll just be a couple of inches. Although when I was a kid, I remember it being more, much more snowy in Toronto, actually. Um, like it was, when I moved to Kingston, the snow is more intense there. And then I experienced Montreal winter. And I would say it's like on the same level as Kingston. But back when I was like in the nineties, like we would have snow days sometimes. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And, but as I got older, I know what you're talking about. Like every time I go back to Canada at Christmas, there's zero snow. I'm just freezing. Being like, I hate this. Yeah. Especially downtown <laughs> Toronto. Yeah. 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 It's just cold. It's just really cold. And you're like, there's nothing to show for it. Right. But you know, you'll, you'll love it here. And I don't know. Have you, have you ever, well, yeah, obviously you've seen the snow. You said you've been there when it was minus 30. Yes, yes, yes. Had the snow fights and everything. Done it all already. <laughs> oh, you know what you need to do when you're here? If you come to... When I was living in Toronto, I was trying to find a place like this, and they're fewer and far between than Montreal. But in Montreal, we have a lot of Nordic spas. And a lot of them are just day spas, and they stay open in the winter, even if the hot tubs and stuff are outside. It really is, especially if you're into wellness. It's just such a great experience because it's amazing for your skin and your blood. And like, it really makes you feel the whole concept of it is going from hot to cold really quite, uh, really quickly. So you'll go into like a hot tub and then I'm outdoors in the winter. I've never been in the cold water part because I'm like, I'll just literally stand out there in my swimsuit in the snow <laughs> same thing and then just go back into the hot water but it's an amazing experience you should you should definitely try it oh i'm sure i will i will it's way less scary than it sounds <laughs> no i've watched um i've watched you know it's nothing to do it's not the same but i've watched um this episode about wim hof and his um how he swims in, uh, I don't know if you know about that, when he swims in ice cold water and stuff. So I, I have this somewhere in my mind. I do want to try it. <laughs> I don't know if I'll do it again after that, but it's an experience, I guess. So definitely, thanks for sharing that. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Of course. Well, we are nearing thanks. our end time. Alex, do you have anything you'd like to say to feel complete? Um, Any questions for Pooja? Just thank you so much, Pooja, for, for coming on and being our guest and, and being such an integral part of the community. Um, you, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for making me part of the community. And uh, like I said, I really, I, I really love this idea of being 
part of a family that um, share this, shares the same values or shares this love for yoga, for wellness. And uh, this is something that, uh, you know, these last few months with whatever has been happening has um, taught me um, th this idea of community is that together we're so much stronger. And um, there's nothing that can, that, that can diminish this light when we share it. And although it's, you know, it's technology, it's we're, we're sharing energy through screens, but it's so strong and it's so powerful. Like, Alex, your laugh, I would say, is, like, when I hear you laugh, it makes me laugh. <laughs> it's so amazing. So even if it's through the screen, and now Jasmine, it's the first time, Jasmine, sorry, it's the first time I'm meeting you, but it's so amazing to speak with you. So I think it's, it's a two-way street, street we found each other we started to talk and today we're on the screen together again and we're sharing energy and it's something that i'm very very grateful for so thank you thank you it's it's honestly absolutely lovely and you know what when we were younger and technology was becoming more widespread and we would be like if it's not personal and there is no real human interaction with it i think this I think that the pandemic kind of proved that wrong because it's true, we're able to share energy even through a screen. I've never met anybody in the community face-to-face. -face. I haven't had a face-to-face -face interaction with Alex for three years. And I think we all feel really close. It's crazy. Yeah. So you know? That's so true. It's beautiful. Well. It is. It's trippy and it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah well thank you so much for taking the time being with us today and uh, I also look forward to tomorrow so just before we go though uh, your classes what are the what's this regular schedule for Pilates so, and your yoga class as well so Monday 7pm uh, mm -hmm. for Pilates and yoga I think I'm keeping the Wednesday 5pm and what kind of, is it a 9 a.m. Is it a vinyasa <laughs> floor? I said the same thing the last time. And I'm yeah. saying it with so much confidence. Okay, <laughs> Wednesday, 9 a.m. <laughs> Sorry, Yasmin. Is it a vinyasa flow or is it? Yes, vinyasa. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So uh, everybody, if you want to join Pooja's classes, which we highly recommend you do, and I'll have to take myself to, oh, actually 9 a.m. for you guys. No, I'll be asleep. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's like 2 a.m. here. That's not even cute. Like, I can't get up at 2 a.m. and do yoga and go back to sleep. But um, I will definitely archive it. Great. That would, Great. Be, that would be fun. So my fellow Canadians, you can also archive it <laughs> as well. Um, uh, yeah, so thank you so much, Pooja, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, and see you tomorrow. Thank you for your time. Thank you for this lovely time together, and I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Mindful Life Practice Community.